Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy. Today is day number two. We're going to be talking about the Bible and national defense and what we find in the Word of God. And there was times, even in Hebrews chapter 11, a section of the scripture dedicated to those who fought in battle and used the same faith that we use in our everyday life to see the nation set free. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome back again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I want you to turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start with verse 32. And while you're finding that place, I'm offering my book on the Bible and military. And what we're talking about is what does the Word of God have to say about war, fighting for your country, and uh, we'll find this from the Word of God. And what I'm teaching is coming from that book. And so you'll have a chance here at halftime where you can uh, order that book for yourself. And listen, again, I admonish you if you got a child in the military, grandson in the military, uh, granddaughter in the military, get this book for them, especially if they're Christians, because so much time this particular liberal viewpoint comes in. Yeah, but you know, we're killing people. We're going to find out from the Word of God there is a time when that's necessary. You say you have a lot of innocent people get killed. Well, again, it comes back to you're not standing there in, uh, answering for them. Their own nation is standing with them. They're the ones responsible. The leadership of that nation attacking other nations. And again, there's a time of just war. It's called national defense for a reason. It's not national offense. You know, go out there and look for wars and look for ways. But when somebody on the offense comes at you, you need national defense to start back at them. And in time, in that time period in between, you prepare and build up that national defense. And uh, God again promises that he He will, he'll put a stamp of approval on it. And we're going to be taking that up today also from Hebrews chapter 11. And again, find verse 32. And again, let me add this to this. Is for those of you that support this broadcast, thank you so much. I couldn't do it without you. And believe me, you're following after God. There's a, there's also not here just a, a natural war, right? There's a spiritual war. And that's what we're in right here. Your finances help to sponsor the spiritual warfare that's going on. And the word of God is our main weapons of attack. It's the word of God that is the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness. The word of God is the sword that's in our mouth that we use. And uh, all the other things that we have, you know, our feet uh, covered with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so the word that I teach, Teach. Again, we're going to battle with Satan. We're going to battle against uh, natural forces around us. Mental thinking of a nation we have, liberal thinking, which ultimately comes from Satan himself. But all these things that we're talking about here coming from God himself is our form of defense. And thank you that just as the uh, military in this natural world we're around is only brought about by the, the uh, ta taxation of the nation around it, and part of your taxes should go toward defense. You voluntarily giving in this ministry of your, it couldn't, it couldn't operate without it. We couldn't have a military if it couldn't be funded. And I couldn't be in this war myself and fighting it if I wasn't funded. And thank you also again for those that support this ministry and realize that this ministry may be saved. You might got saved in this ministry, filled with the Holy Spirit. You might've got healed or even beyond that, you've understood the word of God. You've moved from just being a convert into a disciple because of the broadcast here as we teach the word of God each and every day. So again, thank you for joining me. If you're not uh, part of this uh, group that's supporting me, and these are my partners on a monthly basis, Listen, go to, the, go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find a place on there where you can become a partner with me in this ministry. And listen, open your heart up to the Holy Spirit and say, what do you want me to give? 
because the Holy Spirit probably will speak to you. If he doesn't, he's simply saying, I trust you. And as you purpose in your heart, give. But come before the Lord with an open heart and then become a partner with me. And believe me, not only will I appreciate it, God will appreciate it for time and for eternity. Hebrews chapter 11, we have a section. Of course, we know what Hebrews chapter 11 is. It's an entire chapter on what we call the heroes of faith. Certain ones amplified, brought to the surface. Not everyone's mentioned. There's no way this chapter could cover everybody, but chief ones that displayed an operation of faith in their life. And, uh, you know, by faith, Noah built an ark, and by faith, Abraham left his home and went to a faraway country. We go on in name after name after name, but there is a section of this chapter, verses 32, 33, and 34, these three verses here, that really all amplify war and the people of war that fought and the same faith that caused, uh, you know, the building of an ark for Noah and, and Abraham going to a foreign country and other things that happened and Moses at the Red Sea. The same thing, the same faith that was used in their individual life was also used for defending the nation. And we have this section of Hebrews that talks about all of these are men of war. It says in verse 32, what more? shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, also of David, Samuel, and the prophets. Notice verse 33, who through faith, that's faith in God, the same faith that's been mentioned throughout this entire chapter, who through faith, notice it's not faith for healing, not faith to keep your son alive as it was in the, in the, in the time when Abraham offered Isaac. No, this is faith, and it says through faith subdued kingdoms. Let me tell you what this word subdued means. The Greek word means to crush underfoot in agonizing battle. God came through when people in battle put their trust in God. And it says who through faith in God subdued, crushed underfoot in agonizing battle kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. This is Daniel. Quenched the violence of fire and escaped the edge of the sword. This is what's told us in Psalm 91 and verse 7. Out of weakness, they became strong. And then it goes also to say here in the end of verse 34 of Hebrews 11, became valiant in battle, turning to flight or to retreat the armies of the aliens. These are foreign armies. It simply comes back to this, this section amplifies the importance of faith in battle. That God comes through, and in the times of just battle, he will defend the military that's out there. Uh, years ago in the church I was attending, where my wife and I met, uh, the Assembly of God Church, there was a young man that was sponsored uh, by the church, no, he's the military, but because he was such an, uh, an avid part of the church, as a teacher in there, and it's actually on staff for a while, he got taken in the military and sent to Vietnam. He would send back reports of what was going on anyway. He came back to the church one time, and he was giving his testimony, and what he brought out was his hat. And a part of what he brought out was his helmet. He brought his helmet back with him and he just had it sitting on the pulpit. And after a while, he put, took that helmet up and he turned it around toward the front. He says, I want you to know something. There was a certain Sunday you were praying for me and you were praying for me that week and you set aside time to pray. He said, that was the time I was in an attack. And he held his helmet up and there was a bullet hole right in the front of the helmet, right, right in the very front of it. He said, I want you to know, he said, that bullet went into my helmet, but it never got into my head. He said, God stopped it. And the whole congregation applauded for what happened. God protected him in battle. That's what this verse is saying. It says in these verses of scripture again, through faith, through faith in God, they subdued kingdoms. They wrought or worked 
righteousness. They obtained the promises of God for defending a nation. They stopped the mouths of lions. The lions here could represent the enemy as well as in Daniel, a natural lion, quenched the violence of fire, that is fire in battle, escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness were made strong. Anyone in battle faces those times of weakness and often thinks, I just need to run. But God brought them strength and made them strong to where they begin to turn this thing around, became valiant in battle, and then turned to flight. That means to retreat the armies, the foreign armies that came against them. And so he gave that testimony. I cannot tell you how many times I've read, and there's probably going to be times we get to heaven, when all the unknown testimonies of military people in battle put their trust in God, and God caused them to stay alive, and they ended up killing the enemy, turning them, and then what the remainder was left actually fled. Or in some cases, we find in the word of God, the enemy even held up their hands, surrendered, came over and started fighting with them against those that came. They, in battle, figured out we're on the wrong side. That's the right side. And they simply surrendered, put the white flag up, came over on this side and began to fight with the opposing army. And I'm simply telling you that can happen in your own personal life. You can actually see situations turned around where that which was against you now is turning around fighting for you. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. That doesn't mean all things are good, but they can turn around and work for your good to those that love God. And so what God is looking for is military people who will put their faith and trust in him, understanding that just war comes from God. He will stand with you, but more than that, you aren't called to stand on your own in the midst of battle. You need supernatural assistance. In the Old Testament, the nations loved their war heroes. Boy, when's the last time we heard of them? And then they made them leaders. In other words, the leaders that sat on the throne were military leaders that came out of battles and came out of great things in in battle and, and ended up being national heroes. And then they became, I mean, we look back on our own nation. Eisenhower came out of World War II and because of his great leadership in World War II became a great leader. If you know how to uh, conquer enemies, you know how to uh, lead your military to battle, then you can understand military things too as well and bring it over into the natural leadership and government. And this is what's happened so many times. In our original time, I mean, we had George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. These guys, not on, some fought in war, uh, but others knew about war, understood war and became national leaders at that time. Let me go back to this thing that I was talking about. In the Old Testament, in the the times of David and others, the nations loved their war heroes. In fact, they made them leaders. Listen to this. When's the last time that the military came home and the women sang in the streets of our own country the number of the enemy that was killed in battle? This is what happened in David's time. When David was out fighting, he came back and the women were running through the streets and the number one song on the radio was this, is David has slain his tens of thousands and Saul has slain his thousands. Oh, Saul became angry with that. What what they were saying was, is David is 10 times more powerful than our own king himself. And they begin to sing songs about David when they came back. You know what happened in David's day? They posted the number of the enemy killed. David has slain his tens of thousands. We post the number of innocent civilians that are killed. And we rave about, look, innocent people are killed. This happens in war, but we want to know also how many of the evil enemy was killed? How many of them were wiped out? You say, well, we don't need to be wiping them out. Listen, there comes a certain point when you have to. And we understand this. We need to stop that dog that is foaming at the mouth, that's coming after us, wanting to bite us 
and understand this, that we need to kill. And there comes a certain time when this thing is not redeemable. It has to be killed. And that's what preserves you. So again, they posted the number of the enemy killed and we post the number of innocent civilians killed. We're overtaken by liberalism and we live by our emotional feelings. But what about the lives of others? There comes a times when the lives of others that are doing good need to be spared. But those that are not doing good want to kill us. Our children want to rape their women, want to come and steal everything we have. They need to be stopped or else they will overrun the world. And so this is what God has given for us in the midst of the day we're living in. So again, we're going to come back to it. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about this, is the main purpose of government is national defense. We're always going to have war. We're always going to have need of war in the military until Jesus Christ comes back. And one of the primary purposes of government in a nation is to have a strong military. Or in other words, as our past presidents have said, you know, walk softly, but carry a big stick. Make sure our stick is big. And I like it when we get good leaders in, good presidents in, who say we're going to build our national defense back up and they start building again to have a strong. And what happens to other nations rest? They begin to back down because they know the strength of our nation. And when a strong nation rises up, or as in the case of Israel, a small nation with a small army, but backed by God's army of angels and Jesus Christ himself, they won the battle. So again, we're always going to have war and we're always going to have need of the military. I want you to find out how you can have a copy of my book on the Bible and national defense. It's going to change your life. Buy it for your minister. Buy it for those in your, in your family that are in the military. Buy many copies and give them away to where people begin to understand why there's a need for war and winning wars until the time that Jesus Christ comes back. See you right after the break. What does the Bible have to say about war and the price of our freedom? Should Christians fight to defend their country? Is world peace even possible? In the Bible and National Defense, Bob Yandian discusses the Bible's answer to these questions, as well as how we, as Christians, are to pray for our nation and our leaders. Topics include the purpose of government, crime and immorality, capital punishment, separation of church and state, and freedom and war. The strength of a nation is the people of God. By prayer and applying God's word, we can make a difference. To order the Bible and national defense, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, Come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Under nationalism, all freedom comes through military victory. Listen, I'm sorry if some of you don't like that. It's just going to come back to this. All freedom comes through military victory. Even the smallest freedoms we have today, they say, well, we sat down at a table and discussed all this out. Your freedom to do that came because you won a war. And this is designed by God to preserve the human race in Satan's world until Jesus returns. Because if we don't defend ourselves, then Satan can overrun this place. And that's why God is always built into it, Old Testament and new, until the time that Jesus comes back and fights the battle of all battles, that we learn to put our trust in God, who at times has to declare war. God is not on the offense, God is on the defense. And the first time he had to exercise that was when Lucifer rebelled against him and he actually cast him out of heaven to the earth below and then gave a sentence over him that he would be forever separated from God one day. That's gonna come during the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ when Satan is cast into hell and all the fallen angels, demons will all be there. All sinners who have ever lived will be there. And then finally after that, he will be cast in the lake of fire for all of eternity with all the others that are in hell right now. Again, this is designed by God. War is to preserve the human race in Satan's world until Jesus returns. In other words, I like what is said in, in the uh, book of Hebrews and also back in the Psalms, where it says this, that when Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, the Father said to him, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Well, while Jesus is sitting in heaven, we are on this earth and we are to have, we will have wars, we will have rumors of wars because Satan attacks us because we're the body of Christ. We represent Jesus in this earth. As much as he hated Jesus, he hates us. As much as he came against Jesus, he comes against us. But God has given us the new birth, the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God to walk in and our growth in the word of God brings our strength to us to withstand Satan. So again, until Jesus returns, there's gonna be war. And God commands that there's war and commands us to begin to prepare for war. Prayers bring divine intervention into wars. I mentioned this uh, last time in the last broadcast about how that divine intervention in wars comes whenever military leaders and, and those in the military, those fighting, the soldiers that are fighting, the foot soldiers, that while they're out there, they put their faith and trust in God. And in the midst of times, when it looks like everything's coming against them, but they're trusting God and God gives them strength and turns the situation around. We find this throughout the word of God. I love the stories in the word of God too, where the military went out and, and, and Israel sent out a small band. That's all they had to send out, but God amplified the sound of them coming and the armies turned and turned and fled in fear because they thought this gigantic army was coming against him. Well, there really was. I mean, if there's only been a thousand mil military men coming, understand this, behind them were millions and millions of God's military. And so God again answers and brings intervention into wars. Prayer brings divine intervention into wars and prayer is just as necessary, if not more necessary than the military training that they go through because a military with no trust in God only operates in human strength. And there comes a time we need divine strength. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter five. We're gonna take a look at verses 19 and 20. And in these verses, we have a time when the Israelites were going to battle and God is the one who came and fought with them and turned it around. Again, 1 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 19 and 20 says this, they made war with the Hagarites, Jeter, Naphish, and Nodab. 
and they were helped against them, and the Hagarites were delivered into their hands, and all who were with them. For they cried out to God in the battle. God heeded their prayers because they put their trust in him. Notice if God wasn't for war, he wouldn't send help in war. War is not sin. If you're in sin and you cry out for God to help you while you're in your sin, to win in sin, he won't come through. He'll forgive you if you repent, but in the midst of war, which especially if the war is from God, God will heed you in your prayer and then he will cause you to have victory because why? He is in the midst of just war. Again, not a war of where we take again and we come against a country, not a national offense, but a national defense. And here we have again that God heeded their prayer, verse 20, because they put their trust in him. You know what the second verse of the national anthem says? You know, when I was growing up, we had the national anthem, we would sing it, but our, our teacher made sure we knew the second verse of the national anthem. Everybody knows the first verse, but the moment you ask him, you know the second verse. And so the, uh, the answer is with most people, no, I didn't know it had a second verse. We know the first verse, so listen to what the second verse says. Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand. Thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation. This is talking about men in military. They stand between the free people and between the war that's going on out here. Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heavens rescued land praise the power that has made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just, and this be our motto, in God is our trust, and the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. How powerful, even our national leaders knew it at that time and wrote it into our national anthem that we are free, not because we just are good people and that's part of it, not because we only stand on the word of God, that is part of it, we still need help from heaven. And there comes times in battle we turn to him because you know what, as great as you are and as great as you think you are, you don't have everything under control. There's times you need to understand you reach your limits and you reach out for God and he makes up the deficit in your life and in times of battle. I mean, I've watched, I've watched commentaries on wars that we've been through, World War II, Guadalcanal, others that, have, you know, that happened during that time period. Iwo Jima, as we fought in those time periods, we came to a point where we didn't know what to do. We were totally outnumbered and suddenly we won. And all of a sudden the, the, the enemy made a great mistake and went to the wrong place and we invaded. And that's how small armies defeat uh, bigger armies is through more knowledge, more insight into war. And we serve the God that has great insight into war, plus can also give us strength in battle and help and encourage us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Nehemiah chapter four and verse nine says this, Nevertheless, the word nevertheless is emphasizing despite a large coming army at them, a large attacking army, it said, we made our prayer to our God and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. In Nehemiah chapter four and verse nine, again, we have the fact here that God preserved them. God gave them power in the midst because of why? We made our prayer to God. And when we made our prayer to God, God set a watch against them day and night, not just us. They were surrounded by armies they couldn't see. I think of the time of Elisha. Elisha was, you know, he was in there and his, and his, and his uh, right-hand man was with him, his servant. And the, the servant, you know, said, you know, we got, we're, we're in battle and all this. And so he said, sir, we're surrounded. I've been outside and we're surrounded. 
They said, sir, I can't, you know, and probably name you, uh, sir, I think there's 40,000 troops around us and it's just you and me. And I like what Elisha says, says, no, no, there's more that be with us than those that be with them. Now I like to just imagine he must've gone, uh, yes, sir. And he probably crawled back up and looked out there and he went 10, 20, 30, 40,000. I mean, he probably thought you know, there's about 10,000 each one of these, you know, out there. And he counted 40,000, he went one, two, 40,000, one, two. And he came back down and said, sir, are you sure? And he said, yes. And that's when <laughs> Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. He said, now go back out there one more time. So he went back out there one time. And when he looked this time, oh yes, he still saw the 40,000 troops coming against him. But behind them, he saw a bigger army than that of chariots and horses of God, angelic beings. Each one of the angels, of all these angels, just one of them could defeat all of these that are there. Jesus could have called on those angels when he was on the cross. And the Bible says he could have called and immediately and angels would have come. He could have called all the angels of heaven. And those men in front of him would not have stand one chance, but yet he didn't. In that case, he held back on it because he needed to die for our sins without angelic help to get off the cross. It comes back again. Look at Nehemiah 4, 9. Nevertheless, despite a large coming army, we made our prayer to God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. And it says again, God came to preserve them. Jesus Christ in heaven is called the captain of war. Jesus Christ holds the record for most people killed by one man and will one day break his own record at the Battle of Armageddon. Isaiah chapter 37, verses 36 and 37. This is also brought out in the Psalms where David reaccounted this situation. But during the, what happened was a man named Rabshakeh. Rabshakeh was the, uh, the spokesman, the voice for the military. And Sennacherib, who was the military leader at that time of Assyria, he had sent this group over because this battle, these been in battle of, of the armies of the evil king, uh, Sennacherib, uh, these men that came uh, had won all the battles before that. And they came and uh, Rabshakeh stood outside the walls of the gates of Israel. As he stood outside the gates of the walls, the people of Israel sat on the top of the wall and he had his whole army out there. And here's what Rabshakeh said, we want you to give up. We want you to turn and turn in your weapons and all that. He says, if you'll voluntarily do that, we'll see to it the families can stay together. Fathers and mothers and children can remain together. We're going to move you off to another country, but you'll at least get your half your family together and then we're going to take over your city. He said, if you don't, he said, here's what's going to happen. You have 24 hours to make this decision. We're going to kill your husbands. And it says, we're going to take you and your children into sex slavery. You're going to be in our harems and we're going to, and, and this way, and you'll still move out of your city. We're still going to take this city. You got a choice to make. And so that army went. And that night, Sennacherib's army, under the leadership of Rabshakeh, all went to sleep. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of them in this battle that had never lost a battle before and were waiting till the next day to hear what the children of Israel said. So all the people just, they never said a word. And so the king went in before the Lord and simply laid out what they said. said, said they're saying this about us, but no, sir, they're not saying this about us. They're saying this about you, God. Here's what also Rabshakeh did as he, before he walked up, said, oh, and by the way, don't trust in your God because the Egyptians trust in their God. We defeated him. Started naming the nations and the gods they trusted in and said, we still defeated him. Who thinks your God is going to save you? But the king went before God and said, sir, they're not saying this about us. They're saying this about you. And that night during the night, the angel of the Lord came. The angel of the Lord is another term for Jesus Christ himself. He came that night and he slew 185,000 
of the finest military in the world, Sennacherib's army under Rabshakeh. The next morning they woke up and 185,000 of their troops lay dead on the ground, defeated by one man. And the Bible says he did it by speaking the word out of his mouth. That's what Psalms tells us. You know what? Jesus, as one individual soldier, holds the record for the most people killed in battle by one person. He's gonna come back and break his own record one day at the Battle of Armageddon. He's gonna come back and with that same weapon, open up his mouth and the armies of Antichrist, which come from every nation, are gonna be slaughtered in that quick of a time. And the Bible says the blood of those men who have died will be up to the horse's bridles for 185 miles. That's how much blood will be shed on that day. And Jesus Christ will come back and break his own record. So today he holds the record. One day he's gonna come back and break his own record. And that'll be recorded in Revelation 19, 15. Tell you what, we'll just start with that tomorrow when we come back. Have a great day. Have a great time in God and we'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.